for Huteras, and Huteras has been in my life, Father, and uh, even though it's halfway through the week and we're all dying of being tired and sunburned and injured and all sorts of craziness, Father, I pray that you would give us the energy to stay up and listen because what Tara is going to speak tonight is going to be powerful because it's going to be from you, Father. Um, and I thank you that, uh, that your spirit is already working in our hearts, Father, and I pray that you would just continue to work in us as Tara speaks, Father, um, and that we, as we're sitting here, would just would see your kingdom come down and uh, right behind Tara, Father, that as you you would work in her and that we would hear you speaking tonight, Father, that it would not be terrible, but that it would be you, um, and that you would just continue to work in our hearts even after worship is over tonight, um, and that uh, that we would we would stay awake, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I don't know if you've ever experienced something like a tidal wave. I remember the first time I was in Florida several years ago, and we're hanging out at this really nice beach at this really, really nice condo that doesn't belong to any of us. And we've got these like little foam boards and I'm just chilling, like just straight chilling, like just just floating. And uh, got my back to the ocean and I'm just drifting, just just there, not thinking about anything, not feeling anything, just there. And all of a sudden there's a big old wave comes. Whoosh. And it literally picks me up. I'm not a little bear, if you haven't noticed, okay? Uh, I'm known as Big Bear to the little kids at camp, okay? This big old wave comes in, and it literally picks me up, and it throws me into the sandbar. And I've got, like, sandcastles where I didn't know sandcastles could be built. Because the force was just that big. It just slammed me into the ground. And it changed everything. My buddy Zane prayed tonight, tidal wave. Uh, tidal wave, God, would you come like a tidal wave? Would you let your presence come like a tidal wave? So I do what I do often, and I googled tidal wave. An exceptionally large ocean wave, especially one caused by an underwater earthquake or volcanic eruption. A widespread or overwhelming manifestation of an emotion or phenomenon. That's a tidal wave in a physical realm. I want you to think spiritually now. Okay? We're we going to go in deep tonight. Alright? You with me? Think spiritually now. Think spiritually with your spiritual mind and your spiritual eyes and your spiritual heart. And, and listen to this definition again. He prayed, God, would you come like a tidal wave? Would you let your presence come like a tidal wave? Because sometimes just a little bit of God is not enough. Well, once you've experienced who God is and you begin to understand the hugeness of who God is, you're not satisfied with just the status quo. You've got to have more. And one of you told me that last night at the igloo. You said, Tara, I've been saved, but I've got to have more of God. I've got to have more. And so when he prayed tonight, God, would you come like a tidal wave? Listen again, an exceptionally large ocean wave, especially one caused by an underwater earthquake or volcanic eruption. I believe that this week, that has already happened. 
Monday night we talked about the difference about being led by the Spirit into sonship with God versus being led by our own flesh into our sin, which further separates us from God. It was a warm-up. We were just barely tapping into it. Then last night we went all in. It's crazy. The band was, was stuck on the side of the road in Valera. We had no music. We had to play worship off the computer. The internet signal, signal was janky. It's kind of awkward, wasn't it, for a minute? Was anyone with me or was I the one feeling that? It was awkward and, and it was random. And what you guys don't understand is God was very clear about what he was going to do last night. He was very clear. I'm talking people having dreams, people praying, people that don't even know. No one has seen my notes. He was very clear. And last night the word came forth, and then it was just like this tidal wave of, of people that came forward and got free and they got saved. And you guys wrote on these little white pieces of paper. Uh, 149 pieces of paper to be exact. I counted them today. I read them all. Uh, 149 pieces of paper that said, God, I'm giving you my heart. God, I'm giving you my life. God, I don't want to burn myself anymore. I don't want to look at pornography anymore. I'm done with drugs, God. I forgive this person, God. It was all on there. 149 pieces of paper. God, would you come like a tidal wave? Because here's what you need to understand about a tidal wave. It changes everything. The, the wave crashes into the shore, and, and if you watch the sand, it is peeled back. And you start to see these really cool little shells. Marcy loves collecting them. Marcy has enough seashells to last her through all of eternity. It's bananas. I'm just saying, if you go on vacation with Marcy, you're going to see shell hunt. I'm just saying. But when the tidal wave crashes in, it changes everything because the sand is peeled back and you find things. God, would you come like a tidal wave? When the Spirit of God comes like a tidal wave and we allow His Spirit to strip us, you can discover some things. And it's not all ugly. It feels ugly, but it's not all ugly. I pulled out two of my favorites. Just wanted to read these. My heart is yours, and I love how you build me up when I feel down. That's beautiful. God, would you come like a tidal wave? When we allow God's spirit and presence to come like a tidal wave, it strips us. You can find beautiful things. I love how you build me up when I feel down, or let me know that I'm something instead of nothing. God, would you come like a tidal wave? Then this one, it says this. Help me know what family is. Help me know what family is. It's a beautiful prayer. It's a beautiful prayer. Mario's got a picture. This is my family picture from way back in the day. If you can find me bonus points to you, it's not that difficult. Where am I? The red one. The smallest one. I appreciate that, but... Uh, I, anyway, you know which one I am. But, but listen, this is my family, and there's three sets of twins in my family, and there's ten years between all of us, okay? And it, it's just crazy. I can tell you ridiculous stories, and I won't, because that's not the point of tonight. But this is my family picture, and it's the most recent one I have, which is terrible, but whatever. But we're talking about family, and God 
Tell me what a family's like. Because I don't know. I don't know how to be your child. And I've talked to some of you today. And you said, yeah, Tara, you, you keep saying we're chosen, but what is it? Like, am I really chosen? Is that really for me or is it just for a few select handful? What's it mean to be God's chosen? What's it mean to be his child? And, and this is how some of you feel. Go back, Mario. This is how some of you feel. I didn't practice this ahead of time. I should have learned my lesson. But if I do that, does that mean I'm not a part of that family? But that's how some of us see ourselves, isn't it? When we look at God's family picture, we're like, oh, okay, cool. Everyone's there but me. Because somehow I'm excluded. No, my friends. God, would you come like a tidal wave? Would you strip us of our understanding? Either God's word is true or it's not true. And the thing is, you can be led by the Spirit of God into absolute perfect sonship with God, or you can be led by your flesh into your own sin, which further separates you from God. But I'll tell you the truth, for you did not receive a spirit of fear to fall back into slavery, but you have received the spirit of adoption by which we cry out, Abba, Father. Everyone has roles in a family. Right? It's the youngest of seven. It was my job. Every Saturday morning, me and my twin sister, we kind of fought because we both liked doing the glass. Both of us hated dusting. Because you didn't just have to, like, dust around the stuff. You had to, like, pick it up and dust it. Anyone have to do chores? Okay, good. Chores aren't old school. We always fought, and we usually had to flip a coin. But that was our chores. And then after our chores... We had to go to the church and help my dad clean the church. Ever since I was real little, I've learned how to put out folding chairs. Who knew I'd be doing that at House of Faith 30 years later? <laughs> Just saying, God has a sense of humor. Everyone has a role in a family. And there's a benefit to being a child, right? There's a benefit to being a child because if you're a child, it means that there's someone in authority over you. But see, this is where we start to tap out. We're like, ooh, authority, I'm revolting. Because I'm my own boss. I run my own world. Either the Bible is true or it's not true. And if you truly are a child of God, then you have a father. And you have to ask yourself this question and answer this question. Before you can go any further. Who is your authority? Who is your boss? Who determines the course for your life? Who sets your standard? Is it social media? Is it status quo? Hear it all the time. Oh, everyone's doing it. Everyone's listening to it. Is it your iPod? Is it your boyfriend? Is it your girlfriend? Who is your boss? Because the reality is you have an authority in your life, and if it's not Jesus Christ, it's wrong. If your authority is not God's word, it's wrong. And you're not a true child of God. You can walk worthy. The Bible says to walk worthy of the calling that God has given you. That means that as a child of God, you walk with your head held up high. Confident in who God is and who God has made you to be. You can walk worthy of the calling of Jesus Christ. Or you can sit as unworthy the rest of your life. But if you're doing it in the name of Jesus Christ... You better keep it moving. 
you better keep it moving. The Bible says that we are to be set apart, holy without blemish, living as bright light in a dark and crooked world. Who's your boss? Who's your authority? Who governs your life? Romans 8, we've been talking about it all week long. But it's interesting, verses 1 through 11. Y'all still with me? You're a little quiet tonight. You might not like some of this, I don't know, but we're just going to jump in. Romans 8 says this. There's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Translation, you're free. Ain't nothing to be ashamed about. You are not defined or devalued by your sin or your hang-ups or your habits or your hurts. Your identity is only this. I am a child of God, deeply loved. There's no condemnation for the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Doesn't freedom taste a little good? Did anyone sleep a little better last night? Did anyone wake up feeling a little lighter this morning? Isn't freedom beautiful? For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do, by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. Wow, it was four of you. I'm just going to rewind. We're going to try that again, all right? Wake up. You got your cue. Here we go. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. So dramatic. I love it. But to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. For it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Did you catch it? Ouch. It's a gut puncher. That's not a fuzzy feel good. Did you catch it? Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You know what Jesus said? He said, hey, if you really love me like you say you do, you'll do what I've asked you to do. Ouch. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, you ready? Here comes an identity tagline. You ready? Confused about who you are? Got questions? Need some clarification? Let's let God answer it. If God is true, and if His Word is true, and if God is our authority. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. But if Christ is in you, although the dead body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. Are you in your flesh? Or are you in your spirit? 
Because your spirit man cries out, God, come like a tidal wave. Your heart cries out, God, come like a tidal wave. But our minds are kind of filled with filth, aren't they? It's always a battle. There's always a war going on. There's always this tension. The Bible says be careful because the enemy, the devil, he roams around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. It doesn't say be careful because the enemy, he's really good at trickery. It doesn't say be careful because the devil wants you to have a really bad day. He's looking to devour you. Be careful. Be alert. Wake up. This is how you walk as a child of God. Who's your boss? Who's your authority? Who governs your life? Who has a final yes and amen? Who sets the course for how you live your life? What's your standard for the clothes you wear? Ladies, I'm going there. You still with me? Uh oh, it's getting hot in here. <laughs> or it turned down that AC. But for real, can we can we just be real? Who who sets a standard for what you wear and how you wear it? Who determines that? Who defines that? It's a question worth noting. Guys, who determines what you look at in a book or on the internet or in movies? Who, who says what kind of music you listen to? Who's your boss? Is it you? Because the true children of God are those who are led by the Spirit of God. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. And for too long, we've tried to kind of ride this line and ride this fence, and we're like, well, I know I shouldn't listen to that because it, you know, I probably wouldn't play it in front of Jesus if he walked into the room. But... You know, it's a clean version. Doesn't have any bad words. Hey, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I, I play music, and I've had people mad at me because I won't play the whip nay nay song. It's terrible. There's a part in there that's terrible. And you know what? I'm sorry if that upsets you, but for me, I want to be a child of God. I, I want to be a true child of God who walks worthy of the calling of Christ Jesus. And when it's hard, here's what I remember. I remember Jesus who was on the cross and who bled and died and who paid it all. Jesus didn't pay it all and he didn't get the hair ripped out of his face so that we could walk a line and just play it safe. Oh, it'll be okay. My, my shorts aren't that short. Yes, they are. You're clowning. Stop. Just stop. You look like you're wearing a lampshade and it's not even cute. Stop. I said that. <laughs> Fellas, men. That's so silly. Look, I'm just getting warmed up. You better hang on tight. If you're not awake, you better wake up. Men, you have an obligation. You have an obligation to not view women as objects, but to view them as daughters of God. Stop playing with their hearts. Stop teasing it. If you're not going to marry them, you don't need to, to do nothing with them. At all. <laughs> no, hey. They didn't pay me to say that. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying it all goes back to the cross. 
Jesus paid an incredibly, ridiculously high price. But did he pay that price so that we could be complacent and mediocre? Is that what it's about? Did he get beat beyond recognition so that we could just kind of teeter-totter with sin and say, Oh, God, oh, forgive me. Stop. Stop. The Bible says walk worthy of the calling that Christ Jesus has given you. You're a child. You're a child of the one true king. You are royalty. Stop. Some of you go go around wearing clothes that look like dirty rags when there's so much more. Some of you are just eating the crumbs off the floor. You're hanging out out back, yeah. I was saying I'm really tired. But God has so much more for you. That's what it means to, to walk as one who is chosen. Being chosen and, and understanding that means you wake up every day and you say, God, I am chosen by you and I am not my own. I belong to you. Today, I give you my life. And when the stuff is popping off and it's getting really hard and you're really tempted... And someone else wearing booty shorts, so you want to wear booty shorts. Then you stop and you say, God, I belong to you. I'm chosen. I I want to walk worthy. Guys, when you're tempted and you think there's no way out, you stop and you say, I am chosen. I am worth far more. Jesus is worth far more. Isn't he worth more than our second best? Isn't that what this is about? Because this doesn't just have to be a camp experience. It doesn't just have to end here. But every day you have a choice to walk as one who is chosen. To walk as one who is chosen. But you can't play the game. If the Olympics called, I love soccer. I used to play indoor soccer. Play defense, whatever. Can't run. But I made a mad defender. And uh, here's the thing. I got invited to be a part of this soccer team. And I know just the real basic rules, all right? Now imagine, I've got the whole jersey. I've got the whole kit. I'm looking fresh. I'm looking fly. I got the socks. I mean, I had cool shin guards. I didn't even care about the specs. What mattered to me is that they look fly. You can ask Faith in the back. I had these neon yellow ones. I mean, I was legit. And I got a real pretty ball. I never kicked it at home. But I had a real pretty ball. I had it all, and I was ready to play. And what if, what if I get invited to be a part of this elite team, and I have everything, but I never do anything with it? How sad. How how sad. What, what if I get a, invited to be a part of this thing and I'm wearing a jersey and it's my big moment. Like championship game, we're down by one. And my coach is like, Tara, you're going to go score. And I'm like, no, I'm not. And he's like, no, you're going, get up there. Just crash the goal. It happened one time. I know it's hard to believe, but it happened. And what if I went in there, championship game, and I reach over and I pick up the ball. Uh, what are you doing? <laughs> Same basketball. <laughs> right? I mean, how silly would that be? But the reality is that is how we walk this thing out sometimes. Right? 
we come to camp and we praise and worship God and we make these declarations and we say it's going to be different, but we just play the game. We're just showing up in our jerseys. We're saying, yeah, I'm a part of that team, but nothing changes about our lives. Being chosen means that you no longer belong to yourself, but you belong to Jesus who paid a very, very, very high price for you to be different, to be set apart. It's not about the jersey that you wear or the kicks you got on your feet, but it's about your heart and who's your authority. If you let the world be your authority, you'll be doomed. You let your friends be your authority, you'll be doomed. You let social media be your authority, you'll be doomed. You let Jesus Christ and His Word be authority, you'll be blessed. You'll be free. You'll live worthy of the calling that Christ Jesus has paid on your life. You'll you'll make God happy. He'll look down and say, wow, that's my kid. Wow, this is amazing. Keep going, Junior, you got this. Being chosen means that you no longer belong to yourself. I'm going to tell you guys about David real quick, and I'm going to finish. David is one of my absolute favorite all-time Bible characters. I've probably taught about David more than ten times. And uh, David, the Bible says that David had a heart like God's. What a compliment, huh? What a compliment. The Bible says that David had a heart like God's. And here's what you need to understand about David. When David was just a young boy, he was chosen by God to be king. And not only was he chosen by God to be king, but he was anointed. And you guys know the story. He, he, David got to play his harp for King Saul, who was a little cuckoo from time to time. And David got to kill Goliath, this really, really huge giant, the ultimate underdog. David took it like a champ. He said it's because of God. And David got to marry someone, and, and all these things happened. He got a best friend in Jonathan. David becomes king. He captures the city of Jerusalem. Everything is lining up for David because David is a man of God. Until one day, David lays his eyes on a woman named Bathsheba. See, David crosses over from being led by the Spirit to being led by the flesh. And when you're led by your flesh, he goes from one thing to another to another. And not only did David lay eyes on Bathsheba, but he had a co-ed slumber party with her. Uh-oh. Everyone say, uh-oh. uh-oh. Yeah, I just said it. It's in the Bible. David had a co-ed slumber party with Bathsheba, and it caused a problem. But see, when you're led in your flesh, it doesn't just stop there. It keeps going. Because then David kind of tripped. He's like, oh, no. What if her husband finds out? It's really hard to sin and cover up for it. I'm just saying it's a lot easier to do the right thing. So David panics. And he tells his men, go have her husband killed. Yeah. It happened. Dun, dun, dun. Bad news bears. David sleeps with someone who's not his wife. I believe he got her pregnant. And then he has her husband killed. Here's what you need to understand. When you are led in your flesh, it just keeps going and going and going until you decide enough is enough. But here's also what you need to understand. One screw-up doesn't ruin it for you. 
fear doesn't ruin it for you. David, even after the Bathsheba incident and the murder, David was still called a man after God's own heart. Because every time he got it wrong, he sure did eventually make it right. Oh, snap, God. Sorry. Sorry. You guys are going to go home. And there's going to be obstacles. There's going to be things in your life that you struggle with. Like these right here. Pretending these rocks are something. Maybe it's... Maybe it's pornography. That was on a lot of the papers. And you're going to go home and you're going to say, I'm chosen and I'm a child of God and I'm going to get rid of this thing. And you'll keep trying to get rid of it. And sometimes you do. And sometimes it doesn't happen. Kevin, come here. And here's what you need to understand. You're not alone. And you can't do this thing alone. We're better together. We're better together. Look around the room. Look who's in your life. We're better together. You're no match for your sin. To walk chosen means that you don't walk alone. It means that you submit to the rounds around you. And I say, Kevin, I need your help. I'm trying to get rid of this thing. Would you smash it? And he comes in and says, yeah, Tara, I'm praying for you about that. Hey, Tara, how are you doing with that issue? Hey, Tara, is it done? Is it over with? What's God teaching you? That's what it means to walk chosen. Because to pretend that we're going to go home and this isn't going to exist is a lie. I hear you. You told me in a pool today, Terry, you have no idea how hard it is. Oh, but I do. To walk chosen means that you don't walk alone. You walk with someone. At least one. You be honest. Man, I'm really struggling with my anger. I'm really struggling with cussing. I'm, I'm really struggling with lust, and I don't want to be that person. Would you help me? We're better together. We're better together. We're going to finish with this. This last summer, I finally got to watch all the Star Wars movies. Yeah. They're incredible. And I watched them with my friend Justin and his wife, and he had to pause it a thousand times either to wake me up or because I was getting a Coke or to explain something to me. I'm a terrible movie watcher. I'm like, I don't get it. What's going on? He's like, okay, Tara, listen. And he had to break it down for me. I don't know how, movie, how many movies there are, but there's a lot of them. And they're really, really long, and sometimes we sit up till 1230 watching them. So the next day when I have to be at work at 830, I'm feeling like awful just because of Star Wars. But it's amazing because God spoke so deeply to me in that. You guys know the story of Star Wars. There's a good force and there's a bad force. And there's a young man by the name of Anakin. It was told that there would be somebody one day who had the force so good within them that they would be able to destroy the evil force. But Anakin... They knew when they laid eyes on him, the young boy, they knew that Anakin was the one. But if you watch the movie, spoiler alert, if you're behind like me. In the end, Anakin got caught up in his flesh. He got caught up in his flesh and he got caught up in the darkness and he never became that one. 
But here's what you need to understand. Just because you don't walk as one who is chosen doesn't negate that truth about you. Just because your life doesn't look like one who is chosen doesn't mean that you're no longer chosen. You feel me? Did, did you capture that? Just because your life doesn't live like one who is chosen doesn't mean that you're no longer chosen. It was never too late for Anakin, and it's never too late for you. But the question is, how will you live your life? That's what it means to be chosen. It's a daily waking up saying, God, I am not my own. I belong to you. Help. Come in like a tidal wave, God. Come strip me of everything I am and everything I know. And when you go home and you hit these roadblocks, you smash them till they're gone. You don't play around with lust, man. You smash it till it's gone. Ladies, you don't play around with your purity. You smash it until it's gone. Because that is who you are. A true child of God who is led by the Spirit into sonship with God. You are a true child of God who has not received a spirit of fear to fall back into slavery, but rather a spirit of adoption by which we cry out, Abba, Father, that is who you are. You are chosen. God, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you for the example of David. And, and God, as, as much as David got it right, there were so many times he got it wrong. Oh, man. He got it really wrong, God. Just like me. And, and just like these campers. God, you say in your word that we've all messed up, we've all fallen short, but it hasn't changed your mind about who we are. God, it's not too late for us. We're chosen. Handpicked by you, selected by you to be royalty. It's true for us. It's true for me. Say that. Say it's true for me. Because some of you still have walls up and you still don't believe it. You've checked out and you say it's true for someone else, but it's true for you. And if you're the only one in the room, I'd be saying the same thing because it's true for you. It's time to wage war. It's time to rise up and be the men of God He's calling you to be. It's time to rise up and be the woman of God that He's calling you to be. Women who are pure. Women who are modest. Women of integrity. Women of character. Men of strength. Men of character. Men of loyalty. Men of trust. Men who love God. Men who love God before they love any woman. Women who are sold out to Jesus before they're sold out to a man. It's time to rise up. That is who you are. Bless the Father. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.